1: birds. i going. Hello and good evening. Welcome to this week's Man of the Post Extra Time. I'm your host, Chris. Uh, with me this week, I've got Adam.
0: Hello. How are you? Good, thank you. How are you? Grand, thank you very much. And I've got Scott. Hello. I did have some mic problems before recording, so I'll probably sort them out for the next pod.
2: Let's, let's hope the desk is fine, because all of a sudden you just collapse.
0: <laughs> the desk is fine. The desk is in my room. It's all sorted and all up and ready. Brilliant. All
1: right. Right, okay, so this week we're going to be talking about uh, Premier League games that happened earlier in the week, uh, some EFL Cups, some transfers, bits and bobs of news, uh, leagues around Europe coming up this weekend, and previewing the Premier League fixtures. So, um, first of all, we're going to start on Monday night. Aston Villa 1, Sheffield United Neil goal from Konza. Uh, although we all sort of turned on, uh, uh, what's his first name? Is it John Egan? John Egan, red card after 12 minutes. Who saw this red card at all? It was very similar to Sadio Mane and uh, Andreas Christensen at the weekend.
2: It was, yeah. Um, I saw this. This is the only thing from the game I saw because football shouldn't really be happening at six o'clock on a Monday.
0: <laughs> yeah. What, while we're working from home?
2: I'm not mentally prepared for that.
0: Yeah.
2: When do I cook my dinner if the game starts for at six? So I, I can't go straight from work to dinner. <laughs> um yeah chris Wilder was unhappy um
1: that the re- referee didn't review it on the monitor he didn't think it was a uh, a red card i've got to be honest i'm not quite sure what he was looking at because okay. it seemed a red card all day long didn't
0: it was it a second yellow i, f- I saw the sky it was yeah ad, uh, the highlights on sky sports on the U- on their youtube page wouldn't it's a second yellow so they can't review that
2: so. I don't think it was a second. I thought it was a straight red, but he could have had a second. Either way, I don't know what you are. If if One, I think it was worthy of a straight red. And two, if he was on a yellow card already, then you're really pushing your luck.
1: <laughs> he was also unhappy that um, for the penalty that John Lundstrom missed uh, or Martinez saved, uh, he was unhappy that um, Matt Target wasn't sent off but I think that fell under the triple jeopardy rule so he wasn't able to be sent off because he was being booked and it was a penalty so
2: was that a case of was, had he made a genuine attempt to play the ball
1: yes I think he had as well that was the other thing that the BBC said there you go
0: there was a cross in from was it Chris uh, Ollie Burke I was gonna call him Chris Burke but uh, two completely different players and then they sort of was it was it sort of coming together like yeah
2: yeah It's Aston Villa, Sheffield Sheffield United, Scott. My enthusiasm level at six (laughs) o'clock on a Monday. Enthusiasm levels only go so high, mate. Fair enough. Uh, Sheffield United have now
1: lost five in a row in the Premier League, including the um, end of last season. So um, I did sort of wonder in our pre-season pod whether it would be sort of the second season syndrome Sheffield United. Chris Wilder doesn't want to hear any talk of that. Um, Is this just a blip or have they got a start pulling out some results first of uh, their pretty quickly. Stop.
0: It's it's early season, so it's probably a hard to start. Like I said last week, um most teams are gonna struggle in the opening couple of weeks of the season because the season finished what? Five, six weeks ago and they hardly had a pre season and I've probably had three or four games. They'll be fine. They just need to get a couple of results and they'll be okay.
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh, and Aston Villa, Adam, they're unbeaten in five. Um, seven out of their last nine goals have come from set pieces. So if they're going to survive in the Premier League, that's going to be pretty important to them, isn't it?
2: I don't think... They don't score enough goals, though, do they? And they are not. They're, they also don't keep enough clean sheets. So I think the rarity of this 1-0 victory is not going to consistently repeat itself.
1: Uh, yes, it seems to be Jack Grealish or nothing, doesn't it? I think they need a striker, whereas Jack Grealish isn't sort of an out-and-out number nine, is he? he they, they need someone like that.
2: They need a striker, and they need, uh not an alternative to um, to Grealish, But they need someone to. They need to either decide that they want to play Grealish through the middle or out wide, and if whichever one they decide, they need the other. Yeah, I thought
1: Ollie Watkins did okay. He did without sort of pulling up any trees. He did all right for his sort of first game in the Premier League. He did okay.
0: So That's uh, he'd, he'd be fine in in Favilla. Um he had a shot right near the end that just went over the bar, wasn't it? From like yeah. From on, on the curl. But it's a lot of money spent for him. I know it's during these COVID times, but he'll be okay.
1: Yeah. Okay. And Martinez did okay with the save, didn't he? He did okay for his debut.
0: That's probably one of the signings for me in the Premier League. I'm a bit regrettable that Arsenal let him go for, what, 20 million? as he started for them for the latter part of the season. I did see a stat that Villa has signed six goalkeepers in the last three years.
1: Um, I hadn't heard of Martinez before Bert Leonard got injured. I mean, is he sort of a player that nobody would heard of before then, or is he like a, one that's always shown promise? I can't really remember.
2: I, I just think that Arsenal, it's a great bit of business for Arsenal to sell a, a reserve goalkeeper for £20 million. Like, When you're thinking about the what's the the least one of the least useful positions in your squad, hopefully is reserve reserve goalkeeper because you don't want them playing that often. And if you can get 20 million pounds for him, off I would argue a relatively small sample size on sort of his performances. I think Villa there's a degree of a punt being taken by Villa here, albeit he's never let anyone down in that that sample size. So uh, I I'm not saying it's not a calculated risk, but I don't think you're getting some sort of absolute sure thing here.
1: Okay. Um, right, other game on Monday night. Uh, the later game was Wolves one Manchester City 3. So uh, Wolves went 1-0, then 2-0 up. Um, Jimenez pulled a goal back before Gabriel Man- Jesus... Did it. Do
0: you mean Man City went two goals up? You said Wolves. Oh, did yeah. I? Sorry. Man City Wolves went didn't two go goal any goals up. <laughs> no. Sorry.
1: Uh, yes, yeah, so as I say, Manchester City made a good start. Um, a couple of saves from Tricio stopped the sort of damage going any further. But um, Wolves had a stronger second half, um, and they bought Nelson Semedo, haven't they, to replace um, Matt, Matt Doherty? Dull- Dull- I Dull- think Adam played fullback or wingback, didn't he? In yeah. This? So
0: they played what three, four, three, or three, five, two. I I didn't watch the game. I was watching Slatan rolling back the years, which we'll probably talk about later. So I I didn't I haven't seen the game. I haven't seen the highlights. So you're probably the best person to talk
2: about that I watched the game or... okay go tell us about it um, Man City absolutely like bossed the game second half, uh, first half. <laughs> um, and then yeah it's accurate to say that sort of um, Wolves definitely got more had more of the ball they still still weren't dominant but they managed to create a few chances they probably had enough chances to to get a result from this game but just weren't very clinical in front of goal um but at the same time there was you got to that stage where man city were passing the ball so fluidly that you there was a degree of they're in second gear here well especially once 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 they uh, it it felt that sort of they they sort of slightly flattered to deceive second half
1: so they were sort of in third gear wolves got that goal back and man city went "Mm, up to fourth gear and Got that, back yeah. Again. That's
2: best. That's best. That's best score. Another goal here. There yeah. it is. <laughs> <Killed Yeah.
1: paranoid. laughs> okay, um, right. Other results this week. So, we've had the EFL Cup. Um, West Brom drew 2 2 with Brentford, but Brentford won not 5 4 on penalties. Uh, West Ham 5 hole 1. David Moyes uh, had to leave the ground early with Issa Diop and somebody else, didn't they? Josh, somebody you think, Josh Cullen. Josh Cullen. Yes, it was. Um, the three of them had tested positive for COVID. Grant McCann wasn't insistent on the hall manager wasn't insistent on tests being taken for his players, though, was he? He, he got a bit sort of gallery and brown it about was, it.
2: It was, it was the owners, not the the I fans. I think I don't. Whoever it was it's absolutely ridiculous. I don't. I don't. Well, carry on, Chris. I'll let me before I don't, don't let me go, go. Let me go off a long run up instead of just inter, interrupting
1: you. Okay. No, I think it was Grant McCann, the hall manager, who insisted his. Players didn't have to have a, a test afterwards. But, um, but yeah, I think players were sort of, or they were definitely in the stadium, weren't they, West Ham, um, when they were pulled out?
0: Yeah, it was 20 past six. I watched the Alan Irvine interview on Sky Sports News. What was it? War Wednesday morning. The thing is that they got told at 20 past six and then three players went into a room and mm. then just ushered well, away from the stadium and told to go home.
2: I mean, Moise apparently. Three players go in a room, one yeah. comes out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> apparently, Moise had just barely got a sore throat, had he? So it sort of didn't really register with him.
0: So probably then the other two could be asymptomatic? You would have thought
1: so, yeah. So, I mean. When,
2: when you paint this in the picture of the fact that. This is at the same time as Tottenham's game against Lake Orient being yes. called off because 18 players tested. 18? Is that- what are they doing? That- <laughs> are they have <having laughs> some sort of kissing party <laughs> at late Orient training? How do you get 18 people?
0: So late Orient's game of Walsall at the weekend now being called off. Of course it
2: is. 18 yes. players, yes. Got-
1: well, you remember? You remember the South Park episode where um, all the mums were getting the boys to spit in each other's mouths so yes. they could all catch chicken pox? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe there's something similar to that.
2: <laughs> I, I, I want to tell you that that's not just a South Park. You know that that's real life. People sell like lollipops online with that are supposedly infected in chickenpox. People are weird. You don't think there's a
1: COVID party, sort of similar thing, is there's there?
2: Been heard, there's already been COVID yeah, parties. There's, there's okay. There were immunity parties in America. There were f- and there were things such as from quite respected people respected people that sort of the head of Red Bull Racing encouraged his drivers to get Covid at the beginning of this because he was like just get it and get it out of the way like when when they weren't sure when they were going to start it was like I'd rather you just had it and then if there'd never be a danger of you putting out and then they went oh Probably shouldn't have told you to do that.
1: <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, okay, also Luton 0, Manchester 3. Morecambe 0, Newcastle 7. Um, John Linton got two goals in that one. Uh, Chelsea 6, Barnsley 0. H- Hat-trick for Kai Havertz. Um with- level.
0: Yeah, nice <laughs> to turn up on a Wednesday in the Carabao Cup. Uh, Fleet,
1: Fleetwood 2, Everton 5, Adam. Um, what was Jordan Pickford doing for that first goal?
2: I've, I've not seen it because I don't care about the early rounds of the e- EFL Cup.
1: So did Very- you pick a caper it? Yeah, pretty much.
2: But yeah, he scored five. He can do what he wants.
1: I think it was only 2-0 at the time he did it. But
2: he's a renegade.
1: Yeah, get the rave on.
2: i <laughs> a renaissance man. He does. He does things <laughs> on his schedule. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, and then finally uh, for the Premier League teams, Leicester City nil, Arsenal two. Uh, again, I mean for. Um, the early round of the EFL Cup, where you'd sort of think about resting your main players and maybe playing some of the uh, reserves or academy players. No mess at Ozil in the squad.
0: What does that tell you?
1: Uh, that Mikel Arteta doesn't like him. Let's just hope he's got somewhere to go. Otherwise, they are going to sort of.
2: He doesn't need somewhere to go. He's going to pay three hundred seventy-five grand a week.
1: He doesn't need <laughs> anywhere to go now. <laughs> and, and,
2: and he didn't take the pay. And he didn't take a pay cut, so he's on full pay. So they're just making sure he doesn't get any of those. Those those um, glorious goal or assist or play bonuses. <laughs> yeah. which in hindsight,
1: not taking a uh, pay cut, oh, or giving them one in their redundancies, was actually not a bad thing, was it?
2: Well, yeah, why would you take a pay cut when they then go and give other people more money? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, anyone got anything they want to say about those things at all? This, this whole cop, like, I I completely understand why why this happened, but it's all based on just um, football not being able to work together, but. Basically, this why this competition is even happening is beyond me. Yeah, the the reason is that the good people of it's not the good people of Carabao, is it? But you, the good people, they know that there's sort of downward pressure on the league cup because essentially a, a competition that was bought in to celebrate the fact that everyone has floodlights is a little bit less impressive now. It's not nineteen whenever it was. When does it start? In the 70s, 60s? Something like that,
0: yeah. We We won it in 69, so it would be a lot further back.
2: Okay. (laughs) Um, Anyway, a competition to celebrate floodlights is a lot less impressive now. Uh, uh, England is the only major European country left with two cup competitions now because France got rid of their League Cup um, and they know that this would be the fin end of the wedge and if they got rid of it this Year to say just to uh, allow for COVID, that would it ever come back? How many people would miss it? I think, <laughs> but everyone is governed by in in the F- because of the way that governance is structured in this country, and actually the FA isn't the FA, but the FA is a collection of FAs all around the country, and everyone's looking at everyone is looking after their own back pocket, right? Whether that like so. No one is willing to to do anything to see a bigger picture or do anything for the greater good, and that's why we are still here playing unnecessary games. I'm surprised that the Premier League don't uh, aren't not vetoing or being more aggressive about this because I think as we'll come on to a little bit later, and when we talk about the sort of the state of the of the sort of the pyramids in this country, there's a bit of. Pressure from the from outside on the Premier League to sort of act as a financial breakaway in some of the, the problems that are going on. Now, I would say that that's fine if you want if you want the Premier League to be the the backstop to help everyone fund this sort of almost you could argue amateur football uh, football because if you can't afford to be professional at this point, you're just you're you're being subsidised. Um, to then ask them to play games against teams that have 18 players that have COVID and risk jeopardising the whole sort of Premier League juggernaut is a little bit rich.
1: However, I am all for a second cup competition if it means that Jordan Pickford makes a howler followed by Captain Pugwash goal music.
2: 5-2 though, isn't it? Yeah,
1: all the same, it was pretty cool.
2: Um, excuse me. Right. So there's a lot to be said about there's a lot to be said about goal music in an empty stadium and what it says about you as a football club.
1: That and uh, stadium announcers announcing who has scored the goal as well.
0: We could talk about goal music in Sarajevo One of the
2: teams had the final countdown as their goal music over the weekend. You should do the. Um, they should do the. Uh... The announcers should do the thing that they do. That I always think the biggest example is always um, Higuain when he was at Napoli, when they would just do that, <laughs> and go by number nine, Gonzalo, and just leave, and just wait. And just,
0: just... <laughs> That's the German style, isn't it? Where they get, he says the first name, he gets the crowd to say the second name.
1: Um, so transfers this week. Uh, Eduard Mendy has uh, completed his move to Chelsea for £22 million. Um has Frank got a decision to make at the weekend about who plays in goal or is he just going to shove Mendy straight in?
2: I think he probably have to shove Mendy straight in.
1: Yeah, even though is the more expensive keeper.
2: I, I think when you're spending, how much was it, £22 million, that's not chump change on a goalkeeper, is it? Regardless of the fact that you spent 80 on Kepa. Um, yeah. I think you're making a statement with that signing um, and I don't think it's doing anyone any good to put... To put Kepper in that place, I just, I have long reached the the situation where it's just a case of feeling sorry for Kepper, and I really enjoyed. um I really quite enjoyed Jonathan Wilson's stat attack on why this isn't Kepa's fault and is actually more just a, the wrongdoing of Frank Lampard again. So,
1: oh, I'm all for the wrongdoing of Frank Lampard, but also this is the same guy that refused to come off a football pitch in a major cup final. So, you know,
2: brilliant, exactly. Well, the game, yeah, and then later on, Chris will be like, "There's no characters in the game anymore." <laughs> I'm saying that at all. <laughs>
0: for, um, for anyone. Yeah, you will
2: from your sofa because you won't go to the pub. Just there, uh, yeah. there's no characters in the game anymore.
1: We need Illy Stasi playing football. So just,
2: just while while Chris is there agreeing with everything Graham Sooner says at half time.
0: <laughs> it's all Paul was fault.
2: <laughs> Get a haircut, you hippie.
0: So Buddy, look
1: what- at this, haircut, you can set your watch to do this.
2: <laughs> so for anyone who watched shame the those game,
0: sideburns. Yeah, shame sideburns. <laughs> Do it. And for anyone who watched the game on Sunday could pretty much criticise Kepa for it because he was pretty poor.
1: That's true. Oh, are we all for Jürgen Klopp telling off his own staff uh, for cheering when a uh, opposition player gets sent off, or is that a bit holier than thou?
0: Is it because it's against Frank Lampard and they had a tete tet tete like, I don't know what it was. I,
2: I think that the, maybe there's a degree of that in it. Yeah, a little
0: um, bit of kinship. Uh, Could be, yeah.
2: Is it? I, no, I think it's a little bit of a... I think old media managed Jurgen is very self aware of, of the images putting out at all times, and I don't think he, I don't think he's a man who ever makes an uncalculated move. And I think that the the Lampard feud would have played a part in that.
1: Do you reckon he told his coach beforehand if someone gets sent off? Yeah, cheer, you go mental. I'm going to tell you not to do it. Yeah,
2: yeah. It's all choreographed.
1: <laughs> uh, Luis Suarez has gone to um, Athletic for five and a half million pounds. Uh, he's not going to Italy because he can't speak Italian, can he, Scott? Uh,
0: <laughs> so apparently, allegedly, Alleg- allegedly. So. This just reminds me of the Family Guy scene when Peter tries to fail. It. Peter failed his test in in that. Or anyone watches Family Guy? Um, it's been quite funny, hasn't it? <laughs> yes. So is-
2: Why? What, what I think is quite funny is that my French teacher cheated in my language exam as well to try and help me pass, <laughs> and I still and I still <laughs> failed because I don't. I didn't care about learning French. I got a D in French in my teacher. Yeah, me like too. Me. <laughs>
1: Um, so, the suggestion here isn't Juventus did some sort of language couchiopoly, It's the, um, it's the university. Foreign, the U- yeah. University for Foreigners or something, wasn't it? They said it was on Football Weekly.
2: What? So, we're, we're, what, we're, what we're supposed to believe here is that the university, off their own back, <laughs> without any of Juventus's doing, just <laughs> happen to have. Um, to have done this. This is what you find out. About, like one of the one of the wings of the university is going to be, but named after the Agnelli <laughs> family, isn't it?
0: There was. A, I think uh, the woman who did it is a Juventus fan. Uh, it,
2: okay.
0: There was a, a Facebook status from eight years ago then pro- proclaiming her love for Juventus.
2: <laughs> this well, is be, yeah, we we don't cheat. We didn't cheat in the test. We don't. We don't. Dr- what we don't drug our players or anything like that. All it is is a bunch of rogue Juventus fans acting. <laughs> acting in, as lone wolves, nothing not coordinated by the club. Yeah, well,
1: like a cow's opinion, it's a moo point. Um, as he's gone to uh, Atleti anyway now, so um, Diego Lorente, I don't know anything about this guy, but he's gone to Leeds for uh 23 million pounds. Does anyone know about, about Diego Lorente at all? If,
0: if um, we, we had a Spanish expert who said, Yeah. <laughs> Today.
1: Exactly. Uh, Alex Sorloff, Alexander Sorloff has gone from Crystal Palace to RB Leipzig for £20 million. Pounds. Anyone know why this
0: transfer is a little bit peculiar? Because Trabzonspor Spore get <clears> half <throat> and Crystal Palace get half. Didn't we talk about this last week?
1: We did. So, apparently, um, his original loan deal was for two years to Trabzonspor, Spore. Um, and then, in between time, he had such a good season, the bid has come in from Leipzig. And Trabzonspor Spore has said, well, let's just end his loan early and split the proceeds 50-50. So...
2: Or Trump's also, uh, that could have been contractual, though. Maybe they yeah. had very good negotiating.
0: Yeah. yeah. For anyone who can stand up to Emre the racist is good a, Good in my books.
1: That is very true as well. That was... Um, well, they he, got yeah. he got carded for that, didn't he?
0: He did. And Solov told him where to go.
1: Yeah, quite right. Um, what else have we got? Oh, Farah moretta has gone to Juventus on loan, hasn't he?
0: Oh, that's a fun story in... in a, Process as well. So Ed and was were supposed to go to Juventus, which would have helped Arcadius Milik go to Roma, but both of those deals have not happened. So they've gone to their second choice. And Alvaro Morata has gone back on, I think it's a 10 million euro loan, and I think it's 50 million at the end of the season or something like that. Something, something ridiculous.
1: How do you feel about keeping
0: Jekyll? Yeah, happy about it, but Milik would have been a good signing. But the only problem with Milik, he's got no ACLs. He's had mm. two two horrific knee injuries in the past. But um, Milik is nine years younger than Jacko. Dzeko, but Jacko, he fits Roma. But yeah, um, he's very talismanic, isn't he? Yeah, but watch
2: Jacko score a against Juventus <laughs> for the weekend. Is um is is Alberto Moretta everyone's second choice? Just that feels like that's how he lives his life. Just Alberto yeah. Moretta. Uh, Avaro, Avaro, I said.
0: You said Alberto.
2: Well, I can I can edit individual tracks. <laughs> I'll never know. Because
0: when he he was Chelsea's second choice, because he was supposed to go to Manchester United.
2: Yeah, everyone. Yeah, just because they couldn't sign Lukaku. Um, what else we got? We got
1: uh, Arturo Vidal has gone to Inter for nine hundred thousand pounds. It seems to be some sort of retirement home for ageing players.
0: Inter signing players from Football Manager two thousand twelve. Yeah. Kolarov uh, and Vidal in the midfield.
1: Ravel Morrison has gone to Den Haag in... Um,
0: Do you mean Ravel, Ravel Morrison?
1: It's 1V.
0: Oh!
1: There's 1V. Ravel.
2: It's not. It's Ravel.
1: Naval. Ravel. Naval. You don't say, I was born with a navel in my midriff. You got a navel, haven't you?
2: Right. But there's, you know that there's words that we're literally... The language is full of things that aren't, aren't written as they spell, are they?
1: This is true. Is it Ravel? Is it? Yeah. <laughs> Always find my own baton.
2: <laughs> anyway. mere <a> seconds later.
1: <laughs> he's gone to Den Haag anyway. Uh, his journey around the world continues. And finally, Chengizunder under Ross. Uh, Scott, Ross? sorry. are <laughs> no,
0: saw- podcast today, aren't you?
1: I saw the shiny head, sorry. Um, Cengiz under has gone from Roma to Leicester on loan. How do you reckon he's going to do?
0: Uh, if he can sort his form out he was pretty he was out of favour for quite a lot of the last season he had a a patch of bad form which made the um, Roma coach Paulo Fonseca change formations um, so he's played wide right in a four two three one 2 3 one or 4-3-3 so they switched to a 3-4-2-1 and he, he only played like once in the last 10 games of the season but if he can find his form it would be, he'd be pretty good
1: He's no chump, is he? He's a very good player. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, he pretty much blew up at Roma at the beginning of 2018 where he just hit a purple patch of form. Mm. But I think since the Real Madrid game in November 2018, he missed an, he missed an open goal. It just hasn't, hasn't hit heights, which we would have expected from him.
1: Okay. Uh, right, bits and bobs of news then. So, um, Ryan Reynolds and, uh, we tried this pre-pod, didn't we? Rob, Rob McKellany. I'm going to go with that. Uh, they're looking to buy National League team Wrexham. Uh, the Wrexham Sporters Trust, uh, uh, the board of the Wrexham Sporters Trust have uh, voted in favour of this by 97.5% for it to proceed. Um,
2: apparently, does anyone, the two, does anyone know why?
1: No. Uh, apparently the two of them have got some very random things like phone businesses and things like that together. So I don't know why at all. No one can quite figure this out. Maybe he's got some sort of ancestry, either of them, to North Wales or something. I don't know. Maybe their big, uh... I'm trying to think of the guy that,
2: who was the Look guy? That... Desperately trying to name a player who played for Wrexham.
1: Mickey, oh, the guy that <laughs> scored against Arsenal, the free kick, and then got caught having sex with someone's it, wife and got stabbed it, in the bottom. It's Mickey Thomas. Mickey Thomas. Yeah, he's
2: worth you a podcast. Knew, you knew an awful lot about him for someone whose
1: name you didn't know. <laughs> I knew it was Mickey. So he scored in the in, um, 92 in the FA Cup. 91.
0: 92. Den 92, okay. Go 92. Uh,
1: yeah, he scored the winning goal for Wrexham against Arsenal um in the FA Cup. He was went to prison, I think, for making counterfeit money and was caught having sex in a car with someone's wife, and the angry husband stabbed him in the bottom. So Maybe wasn't... maybe Ryan Reynolds just wanted to make a movie about Mickey Thomas. <laughs> so it wasn't Peter Shepman in LA by then? Not at that particular point, no. <laughs> or Gillian Tailforth. Um the Maria has been banned for four games for spitting on Álvaro uh, González during the Classic. Um, González's uh, accusations of racism towards Neymar and Neymar's own uh, accusations uh, that he made racial comments towards the uh, Japanese fullback Sakai um, are to be answered soon as well. So, an unsavoury event all round. Um, spitting at someone during the middle of a pandemic is
0: moronic at the very very best, isn't it? Should be more. Two not be yeah. four games. Should be what ten?
1: Yeah. Um Stavin Billich has been charged and found guilty of quote unquote improper conduct and given a fine of five thousand pounds for uh, coming onto the pitch and remonstrating with Mike Dean. Um am I the only one that thinks he's his fine was justified? He shouldn't have come on the pitch. No. No.
2: I've seen I've, yeah, that's okay. I've heard lots of a people. A lot of people seem talk- a lot of people seem to think that because he wasn't swearing at the referee that that's fine.
1: Yes. Danny Murphy... Uh, I think someone on Football Weekly said this. Danny Murphy on Match of the Day last week said, I can't see the problem. He wasn't swearing. It was like, you just come on the pitch and remonstrate with the referee? What do you yeah. expect?
2: Yeah. Oh, I believe... Isn't the time the referee's decision is final? But exactly. It, rules it, are it. rules. Unless VAR says it's not. And then, again, <laughs> the referee's decision is <laughs>
0: final. It's Mike Dean, though, isn't it? What do you mean it's Mike Dean? He, he loves is, the limelight.
1: How's he loving the limelight? He didn't... He had to send... He had to disallow the goal because it came off the... Or no, he had to allow the goal, didn't he? Because it came off the defender's back. He had Kieran, to send Kieran Gibbs off. Yeah, that's a red card, that's fine. And, and Slavin Bilic approached him. So how's that, Mike?
0: Sorry. Dean so, Seek in the limelight. So if Jurgen Klopp does that, but doesn't, yeah. get, doesn't get done, that's okay then? If
1: Jurgen Klopp does that, then Jurgen Klopp deserves a red card as well.
2: Okay. I I think there's there's something to be said for the fact that Slaven Bilic comes across as a very angry man, um, but that's that's the that's all part that's as much part of it, right? Just if you come across, I'm trying to think of them. If Graham Potter did that and was a bit more <laughs> meek and reserved, then maybe Mike Dean wouldn't have sent him off. But that that plays into it, that should play in, if you that should play into it. You should be self aware. Yeah, I, th- I think that. He got everything that he, he, everything he had coming to him, and did he re, was he really that? Did it really make that much difference that he had to start, sit sort of twelve <laughs> rows back or in an empty stadium where he could still shout and they'd still be able to hear him?
1: And the thing is, he was wrong on both counts as well because it was a goal that should have stood, and Kieran Gibbs should have got sent off.
2: And then when he was sat in the stands, continually had his mouth um, his nose. Yeah. That should be fine. He should be fine for that.
1: Yeah. Uh, Okay, what else have we got? Oh, last season there were 35 arrests for races during decent chanting in the UK compared to 14 the season before. Um, That's despite 546 games being cancelled or played behind closed doors due to COVID. Um, Don't worry about
2: it, we fixed that problem. It's going to be down this year.
1: (laughs) We're not going to have it at all.
2: Yeah, significantly (laughs) down. We've actually got rid of racism in football. I think you are (laughs) fine.
1: Fair enough, okay. Um, Steve Parrish has tweeted twice on Monday responding to Sky, Sports's, Sky Sports News' tweets saying that Crystal Palace were in for Ree and Brewster. Um, they originally tweeted out the Palace were in for Ree and Brewster and quoted some figures. Steve Parrish replied to that tweet or quote tweeted that saying, I don't think so. Um, Sky Sports News then, without acknowledging Steve Parrish, uh, put out a revised tweet. Steve Parrish then replied saying, who tells you this stuff? Um, it's I think it sort of shines a light on getting news out there first rather than fact-checking and sort of hamming up the whole um, transfer window business, doesn't it? No?
2: Yes, but I don't think that the transfer – I don't think that anything has changed in the world of reporting transfers. I think that they've only ever been sort of like – one third of transfer rumors have ever been correct, and it decreases from there. By, from studies that I've seen, um, but that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that things aren't being put out in good faith, right? Like you have to remember that in every situation, there are three or four. Well, there are at least three parties at play in any one transfer who all have an agenda and might be putting stuff out there, who's to say that sources linked to that or an agent working on behalf of Liverpool trying to move Ryan right, Brewster isn't, isn't leaking that information to journalists at Sky Sports. So I think that beyond – there, I, I think that we all know that there are cert, certain newspapers – Journalists, things like that, where you don't need to believe what they're saying because they will just write a, a ridiculous story. But I think that if you're going to, if they're the ones that are have any any dream of being reputable, I think most of the time they're acting in good faith. And I think that perhaps it's people who are mistreating them. So that what will look hilarious is when Crystal Palace finally do sign. <priest>.
1: <laughs> um, Media Watch on Football 365. Does anybody read that? That's quite good at sort of shining a light on um, the ways of journalism, isn't it? Particularly with Neil yeah. Custis. <laughs> that, you know, oh, they don't seem to like each other, do they? Both that website and Neil Custis.
2: No.
1: Um, Saudi Arabian team Al Halal has withdrawn from the Asian Champions League after failing to come up with uh, a team due to uh, COVID. They only got nine players. Uh, Forty minutes before the game was due to start against um, Shabab Al Ahli, uh, they'd only got nine players and two substitutes. Both of those substitutes were goalkeepers, um, so they had to withdraw from the competition.
2: Did <laughs> they? That sounds like eleven players to me. It does sound like eleven players. Yeah. Uh, also, players. also, I, be- I I believe from my experience of playing. Uh, uh, Asian Champions for, League. F- well, uh, my experience of playing park football is that um, you can start a game with nine players. Can you? Yeah, uh, what your, is your best... continent's most premiered um, club game. Well, it might suggest that maybe we spend a little bit less time talking about the Asian Champions League, Chris, because it's it's kind of been reflected as the joke that it appears to be. But I, I the the rules that how many is it. Is it seven players? Is uh, it when yeah. you go down to, to six that a game gets abandoned? I think it's Battle
1: of Bra- the Battle of Bremer Lane. Seven players, so, uh, isn't
2: it? Yes, mm-hmm. seven, seven is the minimum, yeah? Yes. So I believe that if you had seven players, you could... have you never played a – did you never play a park game as a a young adult where someone turned up – where the, you've only got ten and the 11th player turns up running minutes, across yeah. the car park, <laughs> putting their shin pads on as they go? Still throwing up because they went, they were on the piss last night and are too hungover. But we all there.
0: I've never played pop football. Happened uh, when I used to play casual cricket a few years ago for the company I worked for. That used to happen quite a lot.
1: Casual cricket sounds something a bit sexy. It does.
2: <laughs> yeah, but when you call it casual, when you call it casual cricket, it sounds like there's not very much cricket being played at all. <laughs>
1: Um, yes, you're, nobody cares about the Asian Champions League because of this tin pot stuff happening. might come back and bite us in the bum over winter in the Champions League, I, I suggest. I but mean... You, I,
2: think that be, you, I, uh, you think there are going to be... You think there are going to be games called off at 40 minutes before the game because they can only get put together seven players, or whatever, nine players?
1: How far will West Ham away, do you think, from pulling out of that fixture?
0: I don't think so. They would have had reserves lined up anyway. But okay.
2: pulling pulling out of the game on in the EFL Cup, yeah, I mean that isn't well. Leinorian pulled out.
1: They did not forty minutes before the game. Then
2: no, exactly. Um, yeah, I think they would have had enough. West Ham would have had enough people. What I don't understand is why just what forty minutes before? Surely just play the eleven players.
1: Well, you would have thought, yeah. Even if you, I mean, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have to withdraw from the competition. You just take a slacking and in that particular fixture, maybe.
0: Yeah, get two players sent off and get the get the three 0 defeat and just go home happy. I
2: know. I would suggest suggesting play the two goalkeepers out <laughs> of field, Scott. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> both up front. Just yeah, three yeah. long balls,
2: three goalkeepers. Let's let's do this.
0: Four three three with three goalkeepers up front.
2: Exactly. <laughs> uh, no, I think maybe one of the goalkeepers <laughs> should probably play at goal. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it's a liberty if you play. You have three goalkeepers on the pitch, and none of them are the actual goalkeeper. And
1: <laughs> um, speaking of COVID, Slatamirovic has got COVID. Um, tweet is a bit comical, but a
0: bit up in fails.
2: I think. Please tell me it's some sort of like. Uh, I didn't get COVID. Uh, COVID didn't get me. I choose to go get COVID, and Slatam
0: will. Slatam
2: yeah, was yeah. the master of his own body, and will defeat covid in seven they'll use my body to create the vaccine or something like that in the same way that roy
1: Keane is yeah. stuck in his caricature of angry old man um on the sort of sort of settee of sky sports zlatan is stuck in this sort of caricature of having to be some sort of strange third person superhero yeah
2: well zlatan became self-aware of ruined it for everyone um, and uh, Roy Keane, for me, has a bit of the Simon Jordans about him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> as we were talking about them before. The podcast. Yeah. And on Slatan, he had a negative test yesterday and a, a positive test today. Okay.
2: So is, um, he, is he maybe going to have a, another test? Is, is there a, yeah. So there's a potential of a false positive? Yeah.
0: He's not playing tonight as they in the Europa League qualifiers.
1: Okay. Uh, OK, right. We talked a little bit about this last week. We're going to talk a bit about it tonight, maybe not for as, as long. Um, so we've had our announcement this week from uh, Boris Johnson that there will be no fans allowed into um, football matches for the foreseeable future, uh, which is a shame because it was kind of piloted in the um, EFL trophy this week. Uh, I don't know EFL trophy, in the in the league at the weekend. Sorry, having seven, um,
0: seven games last weekend.
1: Yeah, which, watching it on Colin Murray on Saturday night, uh, there didn't appear to be an awful lot of social distancing in the grounds. A lot of the fans were sat very close to each other.
0: There could be families.
1: No, no, um, they were sat a row in front of each other, or they were sat just, like, one seat apart from each other. So you'd have, like, a group of about three or four people, obviously a family. And then there would be a gap of one seat plus three or four more. But the whole stand on the other side of the ground would be empty. It looked a little bit strange like that.
0: Which, which game was it? Because I watched the Blackpool Swindon one. And I'll Definitely. go into
1: that one in a bit. Definitely the Norwich one. I'm sure it was the Norwich one I was watching as well. Um, yeah, so um, this is obviously going to cause a huge uh, black hole from, I should imagine, the championship level downwards into uh, the National Leagues. Um, which Yeah, which still haven't got going the National Leagues. Um, the EFL are hoping for grants of government money, uh, either in the forms of grants or loans. Yeah. Um, uh, it comes after, let sort of, say, the pilot schemes at the weekend. Um, and they're also looking to the Premier League for help. Premier League are saying themselves that they might be facing losses of eighty million million a month. Plus, also, someone uh, on a podcast this week suggested that in this very right wing of governments, it seems ironic that um, the, the uh, rich are being asked to help the poor. <laughs> so, um, what do you guys think? I'll come to you first, Scott, because you're a, a fan of a lower league team. Um, what would you like to see happen for your club and clubs in leagues one and two?
0: Well, did um I watched a bit of Boris on my lunch the other day. I don't know why
2: you you I, need to find better ways to spend your lunch break mate. yeah,
0: it was only for about two minutes before I turned on to something else um
2: i i, I had a nap <laughs> <laughs>
0: um he said he was looking to get grants to help out teams. This needs to be done because this is terrifying for us football fans in the lower league. Um, I won't be surprised that more clubs will go to the wall because did you read the Colchester United piece I sent you, Chris? Yes. I take that as a no because <coughs> this is going to be horrible and A lot of clubs will not make it because their match day income is from fans going to games. And now their match day income is £7.50 from iFollow and from... Oh,
1: this Colchester thing. He was complaining about iFollow, wasn't he? Yes, I did hear about it from somewhere else. So, yes, just quickly explain about Colchester and the iFollow thing then.
0: So um, they did two articles, both of them pretty good. Actually, pretty good. They're very good and very good, interesting reads. It's pretty much the first one was the breakdown of iFollow and the revenue from what which the clubs are going to get. So fans home for the home team, they get like I think it's like seven pound fifty for the ten pound iFollow purchase, and that's it. And the rest goes somewhere else. So if you if you're an away fan, an away club, you get nothing basically. Clubs are going to die and they're going to go to the wall and there's help that needs to be done because the match matchday income that they will get, sorry, they were going to get, is from the, us fans going to games. And without that, it's going to be the death of football and the, in the FL.
1: So the Price of Football podcast we're talking about, I follow, and particularly mentioned Colchester because they were due to play Bolton last week. or yes, no, they play Bolton. I played, I played. Uh, um, and under the old sort of rules where the home team gets all the gate receipts, so you'd have um, all the Bolton fans turn off you, to be fair, are probably a, a very big fish you'd need to. Uh, so the Bolton fans would turn they off. Gone,
0: they would have sold out probably about twelve, thirteen hundred. 1,300 if there was a yeah. the not
1: And you're not only selling 12 1,300 tickets, you're selling uh, similar programs. Um, um burger bars and whatever else and all that sort of thing. So which the home team gets to keep under the I follow scheme. Um, they lose all that revenue, of course. Uh, plus also Bolton get a certain amount of the revenue as well from that particular game. Don't they? It doesn't all just go to the home team. So I think that's what Colchester's beef was. Um, they're losing out. So they feel about three or four different ways.
2: So, sorry, I don't understand. So previously in a um, in the old so away tickets the money goes to the home club right yeah right they so do
0: like a 70 30 split
2: or something like that or okay I, I so what is their problem is that now the money only goes
1: to the home club. No, so the money used to go to the home club before. So the tickets go to the home club, plus fans turn up and would buy a matchday program. Well, I get so that, like, you yeah. can't. There's
2: no way around that problem. I get no, there's,
1: that. There's no way around that problem. No, but I mean, if you're a small League One team, you know, if you're Wimbledon and then guaranteed once a season a bit of a payday because it's which or Sunderland turn up, you're not getting that this year because as part of I follow, the home team doesn't keep all the gate receipts as it normally would. Some of the t- whatever is paid through the TV by fans to watch, I follow, is split between the clubs rather than going straight to the home club. So the small home club, who was guaranteed at least one or two bumper ticket revenues a season, aren't getting that.
2: No, nah, but, but I disagree. So if the idea then is that if we think that for the foreseeable future games are going to be played behind closed doors. Say it's an—I don't know if it is—but say that there's an equal split, an equitable split with the the iFollow money. One, you're not differentiating between home and away fans when you talk about iFollow subscriptions. So, if you're playing Bolton at home, that doesn't mean that fans in Bolton aren't paying for a subscription to that game. And two, the same exact same thing happens when you have the away fixture. Yep so i think that what actually what happens is you have a more uh, a more even share of your revenue as opposed to spikes as a, when you're playing against big teams and big draws instead instead of getting one big payday when you play bolton you are now getting two slightly smaller paid well significantly smaller paydays but two paydays when you play bolton both home and away
1: Okay, no, that's a fair point, and they didn't mention that on the price of football. Um, so you're saying, Scott, that I mean, I don't think you need to be genius to think that we're not going to end the season with ninety-two clubs, are we?
0: Unless there's a government back in payout to help the teams get by for the next six months or until we're allowed back into grounds.
1: Are Premier League teams obliged morally to help lower league clubs? No, basically, no. Okay.
2: They have their own problems to sort out. Yeah, okay. Um, the thing is that at the moment it's been considered, uh, you made a very good point, Kristen, when, when you described the fact that people seem to think that because of the television interest that the championship is okay, the championship's not okay. The championship wasn't okay when they could get people in the ground and everything was 100%. So this is a problem for everyone beyond the Premier League.
1: And eventually, it become a Premier League issue as well.
2: I don't think it will become a Premier League issue, as in the fact that I think that the Premier League can can cut their cloth accordingly. You
1: think like to... your Burnleys and your Fulhams will?
2: Yeah, I think that your Burnleys and your Fulhams and your mm-hmm. then well, Bournemouth aren't there anymore because it's a small stadium. But your Burnleys and your Fulhams um, make such as it, it have an even smaller. I think it's it's less of an issue for, for teams like Burnley and Fulham because matchday revenue is a, probably a smaller percentage of their overall revenue as opposed to Manchester United who are arguably are reportedly losing like £5 million a home game or mi- missing out on £5 million a home game.
0: Yeah, okay. This Sky money will help them out, but this is going to get worse down the food chain. So the National League was supposed to start on the 3rd of October. I think they wanted to have fans in. So we don't know what's going on. I think there was something going they, on today.
2: They can't have fans in. They, no, I know, they yeah, can't no. have fans yeah. in. And one of the things that I think that was quite frustrating for me when I was listening to them talk about this on, on Football Weekly was this, that, that they were willing to accept the idea that not all, not all clubs and not all stadiums are built equally. And that if you go to the Emirates, you could maybe have thousands of people in the Emirates and do it quite safely because it's a modern stadium. It has a big concourse around the outside of it. It has multiple access points and people disperse in every direction to go travelling and it has big foyers inside the stadium. Now, uh, taken from my examples of other places, if you went to Fratton Park and you're trying to go into the Fratton end and you're having everyone walk down Fratton Road, which is essentially a terrace street, you can't, you can't do that.
1: Are you going to be more socially distanced going to watch a football match in the open air in real life, or watching it that same game on a TV in the pub, or that's also going a, to the not valid,
2: That's not a valid argument as well because no? I think that the dif- person, I think the difference is that if you go to a pub, which are also operating at reduced capacity, how many people are likely to be in that pub when you've only uh, when you're they're now only allowed to have table service? Mm-hmm. And assuming that the pub is sticking to the rules, if we say at most there are fifty people in that pub, maybe does that sound generous, or maybe slightly more than that? As a man who self-admittedly doesn't go to watch football games in pubs, <laughs> <so> I'm asking <laughs> okay. the wrong person. Say fifty, sixty people, okay. right, at most. Yeah. The idea is also that all of those people that have gone into that pub have also had to give in their details for track and trace. How it's a lot easier to track and trace sixty people in a pub than it is to track and trace thousands of people in a football stadium. Okay, right, fair enough. Um... But sorry, just to add, and when I say about all the all of the stadiums not being equal, this isn't a point of me saying this is across every stadium across the leagues, right? This isn't a oh look at Arsenal and their Premier League stadium, aren't they great? oh, League One, Portsmouth can't do that. There will be League One football clubs that have stadiums that allow them to do that, that are quite have lots of space around them and access points. But it's the ho- it, it, we can either run the league or we can't. It's no good saying that I've been to Colchester Stadium. You probably could... I've not been inside it, but I've been outside it and know that it's in a big open space. You could probably do that safely there. But if you can't do it across the league, how can you ask... Some of these clubs to operate with no fans and others to be able to have fans. It's not a way. Like, I would be interested to know what you guys think about if we're talking about government grants and trying to save these and save football clubs, then that's all well and good and not necessarily against that. But what if that meant warehousing them?
1: What does that mean?
2: As in, why? uh, So. For argument's sake, say it costs a million pounds to run a football club or just on bare costs. It costs a million pounds to get them through the season. But if they didn't play the season but just survived and covered the cost, essentially why spend government money to travel up to Carlisle and to go and play an extra game of football when you could just say, don't play any football here's the money to make sure that when you can play football, there's a club to play football with.
1: I think because with that, I think we're very close in this country to heading towards a second lockdown. Um, For however long that might be, our lives are already incredibly compromised. Uh, And to some extent, people need their bread and circuses, don't they? They need their sort of light entertainment. And there's only so much on TV you can watch. Yeah. I really miss football while it was gone, and it was great that they showed Euro 96 on TV and all that sort of thing, but there's nothing I, like I watching. Appreciate
2: that. I appreciate that I'm coming here from a privileged position of someone who likes watching elite football and only elite football and has no interest in watching League One football and never will. So it's easy for me to sit here and say, yeah, don't play football, but make sure the club's still there when they come back. I get that, but... When You're talking about, I don't, I, I honestly don't know what the sums are here and what sort of government money we're talking about, but there has to come a point where, <laughs> to borrow a phrase from a former conservative from a prime minister, there isn't a magic money tree. <laughs> like, turns out there not,
1: wasn't in that case, well, it turns
2: out there wasn't. <laughs> is, we do obviously, this needs to be a lot like, there is going to be a lot of government borrowing, a lot of government spending to to try and get through. This situation as best off as everyone can. However, there has to be line somewhere. Is that a fair enough line in the sand? Um, what, what, well, what's your opinion, Scott? Because you're the one with a, a vested interest.
0: Oh, I, don't, I was thinking of going on a Bob Willis run-up, but we'll probably run out of time.
1: Try yeah. Phil Simmons spin instead. <laughs>
0: It's it's quite complex and it's we don't know what's gonna what's gonna happen. Um, with that was just like a kick in the teeth because they did this trial thing at the weekend and on the other hand it went pretty well and we were looking upwards. But then what's going what's going to happen in about three four weeks? Are we going to go into another lo- lockdown as Chris says, or is it just a little spike of cases? Or is it are we going to be there's going to be no football for four months or something like that, like earlier. We don't know. It's just, I think it, they're pretty much what are going to take it
2: day and by day I think, or week
0: or week, week by week. I
2: think that regardless of that, right, because it, the problem is that these clubs are in trouble whether we stay with the status yeah. quo, no, regardless of whether things get worse. Um, I just, I, it's just something I was thinking about and I don't know the correct answer. I don't know the answer, right? It was a thought that popped into my head.
1: <laughs> if you knew the answer, you wouldn't be sat in a flat in North London. You'd be um, somewhere considerably more wealthy, wouldn't you? Um, okay, no, I've,
2: I've I've heard from articles that it's difficult to live in Ten Downing Street, and you don't have you don't even get <laughs> you don't even have a housekeeper. It's it's tough being tough oh, being them.
0: All I will three hundred and
1: fifty grand.
2: Yeah,
0: all I will say is it's like tough times are ahead for us football league fans and football league clubs because honestly, we don't know what's going to happen.
1: Yeah, Okay. well, we move on to some other bits and bobs of news. What I will sort of suggest is maybe, Scott, if your uh, left back was looking up at the weekend like you suggested Swindon should be, then uh, maybe you wouldn't have lost. Uh, Right, we move on to some bits and bobs
0: of leagues around Europe Uh, in La Liga. At least hold up. At least I watched my team play over this weekend. I think you've watched Marseille more than you've watched Liverpool this season. Uh,
1: where in Liverpool? I, I, I realised where I was when Liverpool played their first game of the season. I was down the beach. Liverpool, Chelsea um, at the weekend. We
0: have a World up
1: group. I told you I was watching the cycling. Sure. Liverpool are on tell Liverpool are going to tell you about thirty or forty times this year. How they, how
0: they get it, on, it was how they're getting on it, at the moment. I
2: uh uh,
0: uh,
1: uh, uh uh I don't know, watching I'm watching the super the um oh I'm watching God. the super cup. <laughs> the
2: case. Adam, what's happening in a, what's happening in a l in La Liga, Chris?
1: I'll tell you what, I'm watching the Super Cup because I can't get into my Sky Go, okay, because it's not my Sky Go, so I can only watch it when other people aren't. I was watching the Tour de France last stage at the weekend, and I'm bloody glad I did as well. Uh, in La Liga, um, Real Betis are playing Real Madrid and Barcelona are playing Villarreal, I think it's Barcelona's first game of the season. Uh, in Germany, uh, Bayer Leverkusen are playing RB Leipzig, Hoffenheim are at home to Bayern and outsparger are at home to Dortmund. Um Schalke versus Werder Bremen, which could be last chance to for David Wagner, considering their result against Bayern Munich last week. Um, in Italy, it is uh, Inter versus Fiorentina. It is uh, Crotone versus Milan. Milan, who beat Bologna pretty comprehensively 2-0 the, the other day. Was it 2-0 or 3-0? I can't remember. 2-0, that's right. Um,
0: Slatan at the double. That's right, it was, wasn't it? Uh,
1: yeah, and then... Yeah.
0: The second half, as you were messaging me through the game. Sorry? You watched the second half as you were messaging me through the game.
1: I did watch the second half. That's very true. Um, And Roma playing Juventus. Um, Scott, two things about Roma. Um, Well, one's not about Roma. One's about Chelsea because Antonio Rudiger is rumoured to be leaving. Um, I've seen him mentioned with Roma. Would you take him back? And the other thing, um, you had a player and you played him and you were a bit naughty for playing him. What's happened there?
0: So So, Amadou Diawara. He was under twenty-three last season. He had a 23rd birthday during the summer. And Roman registered him as an under twenty-three player. Oh dear. And the guy who did it is allegedly on his way to Hellas Verona. <laughs> okay. Um and, well, I and it's a three it looks
1: like it's a three 0 defeat. Yes, it is, isn't it? Yeah. Um what else we've got? So, in France, it's Saint-Étienne versus Rennes and Arim versus PSG. Turkey, it's Galatasaray versus Fenerbahce. And lastly, in Mexico, is the Clásico Joven, which is basically Mexico City. It's Cruz Azul play Club America. Right, into the Premier League. Do you, um,
0: you not want my Antonio Rudiger thoughts or you just wanted to jump on and hit to the press? You see, you nodded tell us about said, your yes, Antonio Rudiger
2: thoughts. Me. Sorry, Adam? Tell us about your Antonio Rudiger
0: thoughts. I would take him back. And they're also looking at Chris Smalling, so... If Roma continued to play three at the back, five central defenders for that for those three positions would be quite adequate. United want eighteen million for him, don't they? That's fine. Yeah. What are they gonna do? They're gonna spend the hundred and twenty million they've been trying to get on Jaden Sancho? Or they're gonna pay thirty million for Sergio Regulon, who's now gone gone to Spurs? Or they're gonna go um, to Bale, who's now gone back to Spurs?
1: Ed Woodward this week said that Manchester United fans haven't been appreciative of his efforts to bring in players.
0: No, because he's a fucking arsehole. He's just... <laughs> oh, I, no,
2: I, I think he tries hard. I think he won't. I think, <laughs> I think, I think, I think Ed Woodward hasn't been appreciative of his incompetence. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: OK, right. For the first game of the weekend is 12.30 on BT Sport on Saturday. Yeah. Um, this is Brighton versus Manchester United. Uh, Brighton are looking to win four and five at home versus Manchester United in the Premier League. Um, Manchester United's loss was quite concerning last week to uh, Crystal <clears throat> Palace because it seemed fairly meek the way they played. Um, they ended the last four games uh, of last season away winning 10 nil in aggregate, but they didn't have a great start against Palace today. Is that just like a first game of the season slip or did anything look a bit more systematic than that?
2: I thought they looked like a team who were playing against a team that had games in their legs as opposed to them who didn't. So I think that that break or that additional week off maybe hasn't helped them. And maybe there was a more creative way that the Premier League could have structured it to make sure that they could have maybe played like their opening game on Thursday night and then played... Monday yeah. or something like that so that they weren't a game behind but still had a couple of days or something but um I would put it down to that and then well, there was some there was some bad breaks for them in that game right I just things we've talked about and have probably been talked about on on other podcasts about questionable penalty decisions questionable uh or very uh egregious refereeing of, of other decisions um did Man United look at their 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 sharpest? No, and um, would you hope that they they improve upon that? I think they probably will. You might not know, but um, <laughs> I think that they should watch out. I think this this Brighton team. I think are continuing to impress me. From they impressed me when they lost to Chelsea, and they impressed me even more when they beat. Who did they beat? Who did they beat? Newcastle
1: three zero. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So. Um, I, sh- I don't think that they should be resting
1: on their laurels. OK, Scott, everyone's saying nice things about Tarek Lamptey this last couple of weeks, aren't they?
2: Yeah. Um,
0: it looks like it could have been Chelsea's loss and Brighton's game, but with Chelsea's plethora of right-backs that they've got at the moment, maybe it was best for him to vacate London and apply his trade elsewhere, in Brighton and the coaching staff him, seem to get... He
2: might be the best one, though. Yeah,
0: I know. <laughs> <laughs> Seem to be getting the best out of him.
1: And someone said his average speed at the weekend in the game against Newcastle, if he'd kept that up, he could have run from Brighton to Portsmouth in two hours or something.
2: I don't think it was his average speed. I think that was his top speed. Oh, was it? OK. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think he was averaging 35 miles an hour. Huh?
0: Oh, no. OK, fair enough.
2: <laughs> up there
0: with one of the quickest players in the Premier League at the moment with a
1: is he uh, is he no Dennis Ramadal, or is he quicker than that? it
0: oh, could be. Ramadal was... He, he ran weird, didn't he? Had that, that sort of chicken... We'll
2: have, we have to wait until the new FIFA comes out and we can all compare their speed stats. <laughs> and it. then they'll argue against yeah. each other and then they'll race each other on TikTok. It'll be fine. Check his post stats at the moment. I could do that.
1: Do either of you guys remember... It's probably way before your time, but um, before the FA Cup final in days of yore, they would have a, a race. League race. Cup final. Not there. It was a League Cup final, wasn't it? Yeah, so they'd have a race between the fastest players. So they'd put each team in the top division, like the old first division as it was, they would pick their fastest player and they'd all have a running race against each other down the sort of middle of the pitch at Wembley before the League Cup final. And it always like someone like Franz Kari,
2: wouldn't it? It's they should do fun. that again. It's before my time. Sampdoria legend. Yeah, they, should, they should do that. Yeah, right up until one of them pulls a hamstring.
1: <laughs> Uh, Crystal Palace faces Everton in the Andy Johnson derby that's three o'clock on Saturday on Amazon Adam um, both teams got 100% record so far this season uh, Everton haven't started a league season with three wins in a row since 93-94
0: four wins in a row, in a row. if you're in
1: all come to oh, no, three league wins in a row sorry I was talking about
2: Oh, right, well, we've, we've I think it's something like ridiculous that like we've won our first four games for the first time from, like, 1970 or something like that.
1: Our first three league games in a row since uh, the 93-94 season, which I'm sure you remember, remember, um, you had to come back on the last day of the season from two goals down against Wimbledon.
0: And great.
1: the Wimbledon goalkeeper was later indicted for match-fixing as well. So I'm sure this season will work out just as perfectly for you.
2: Um, I was only little. <laughs> um call.
1: Hans
0: yes, that was it. Uh on. I was just saying it was the Graham Stewart game. I remember it. Cause I think yes, no, Adam looked like he <laughs> was drawing Beth. I've got a video of it somewhere.
1: Yeah. I remember that when Everton went 2-0 down, I'd got my fingers crossed at about sort of quarter to four on the Saturday afternoon. <laughs> wow.
2: We're, we're gonna, we're gonna, it's going to be another fine victory against Crystal Palace and we're going <laughs> to go carry on marching on. I think I, yeah.
0: I think I was at Swindon Leeds that day when watching Leeds hit five against us oh,
1: you would have been wouldn't you in the last game of the season
0: yeah yeah um, Fair, scored the fifth goal, was it? Can,
1: can
2: we talk about how good ever now and not sorry a game from <laughs> <laughs> 1993 okay.
0: start the season wonderfully has not it yeah what are you most impressed with at the start
1: of the season because uh, my overrunning memory is just you being very downbeat on the pre-season pod so what's impressed you most so far
2: uh, all the things I was wrong about <laughs> the, 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 on the preseason podcast.
1: As you players all, with one name, you're all, impressed with them. All, all, the,
2: all of the all of the twenty nine year olds we've signed are just <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it's been a rip roaring success, hasn't it? I I generally can't remember the last time a team has transformed such an obvious weakness into such a strength, and I generally do think it's probably a strength of the team now, in a single transfer window. Um, that used to be Tom Davies and Gilfie Sigurdsson. He's
0: going to go to Southampton, isn't they? They're is to
2: he? It. They're welcome to him. Is he's lo- Dave- I'm, I'm sure he's a lovely guy, but he's got a lot of questionable choices in riding his skateboard around Liverpool, dressing in some weird Versace clothes.
1: Is he, is he past the... Uh, sort of tag of hot young prospect now is he sort of middle age, sort of middling professional that should be doing better
2: yeah he can now take on the mantle of not quite good enough for this club that i had um <laughs> previously accidentally astounded onto dominic calvert lewin by mistake
1: <laughs> is he like the sort of danny cadematari of your um sort of modern day times is he
2: hey some of those players got to hang around for, there, there were times when Le- leon osmond was there for a long long time
1: yeah it was indeed. Um, so, how do you reckon you're going to get one versus Palace? Uh, Wilfred Zaha's got three goals um, so far in the Premier League. He only got four in the whole of last season. So,
2: yeah, do you remember in that preview pod when we said <laughs> Wilfried <laughs> Zaha might not be interested in this season? Yeah. <laughs> I do think I do keep seeing lots of interesting um, reports from Roy Hodgson talking about how oh, a big. would be difficult to resist a big money move for, for him. And I'm like, Roy. You appear to be the only one mentioning these big money moves. <laughs> I, d- I don't think there's any danger of them happening right now. Do you
1: know when it's like when someone storms out of a room and says, I'm storming out of the room now, and then they keep sort of checking behind them.
2: <laughs> yeah. They're supposed to come after me.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, on Football Weekly today, they were talking about James MacArthur and James McCarthy in the middle of the Palace midfield offering a bit more sort of stability. Are you sort of worried about that at all, or...?
2: No, I, I would much rather than play James McArthur and McCarthy instead of Max Mayer because I think that he's a brilliant player he should be in that Crystal Palace team. And um, as much as I've been a long-term fan of James McCarthy, he's, he's not, not the player he used to be. Injuries have taken their toll. Um, I don't think that he's going to be outrunning Allen.
1: Okay, fair enough. Uh, okay, um, half past five on Sky and Saturday afternoon is West Brom versus, Crystal, uh, sorry, versus Chelsea. Sorry. West Brom lost their first two games. game. Whose derby is that? Oh, this is the Neil Clement derby. Brother of Paul, of course. I I did. Well, you did. West Brom lost their first two. Chelsea have won one, lost one so far. Uh, West Brom have lost 18 versus Chelsea. It's the worst of any Premier League uh, opponent they played. played. Um, and they've won their last four Chelsea have against West Brom, conceding nil.
0: They won, the so, they won the league there under Conte, didn't they? With Batswire scoring. I think that was one of the last wins there.
1: Yes, that's true. Uh, they did, didn't they? Chelsea got one clean sheet in 20 away from home. Uh, the only clean sheet they've got is uh, against Leicester I am, in May.
2: I am shocked. Yeah. Shocked by that stat. <laughs> Who's been in coal? <laughs> Oi, well, leave him alone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, really?
2: What? <laughs> The problem is, is people are talking
1: about. Um, You've you mentioned Jonathan Wilson. How many shots that Kepa has faced to be letting all those in? Putting Mendy in goal isn't going to change the number of shots he faces, is it? He's got- well, it
2: wasn't also about. Wasn't his suggestion was about the the quality of chances that Chelsea give up, so that actually they give up quite high quality chances that end up with, a, which is what is been reducing the save percentage of every goalkeeper Frank Lampard has ever had.
1: Or do you know who's got a birthday today? It's Thiago Silva's birthday and he's 36. Is a 36-year-old Thiago Silva um, the, the man solution, to stop it? The, yeah. s-
2: the solution to many a counter-attack? Yeah. <laughs> I don't believe so, personally. but I
1: I uh, I can, I think they'll be okay this weekend uh, because of oh, the quality cause... of the opposition they're playing. <laughs>
2: Because Westbrook are trash. Yeah. And
1: Carl Barkley versus um, Timo Werner. I think there's only one winner there as well. But I think he's going to catch it with Chelsea in forthcoming tougher fixtures, maybe. I mean, can anyone see anything other than a Chelsea win in this? No. 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 OK. Uh, Burnley versus Southampton on Sky in the J. Rodriguez derby. Uh, both teams have lost their first two games. Danny Ings has scored... Oh, since August 2019, Danny Ings has scored 45% of all goals for Southampton. Now, that's great for my fantasy Premier League team, but if you're Southampton, is that good or a bad thing for you?
2: A little bit. Um, I think it's probably a good thing for them because I, I imagine that compared to teams of their level, I think for Southampton are probably scoring quite a lot of goals. So I think that percentage is of a. Would you Would you rather have a player score? What was it? Forty? I've forgotten the number already. Would
1: I say of forty five percent?
2: Would you rather have a player score forty five percent of your of thirty goals, or have a player have a player a more equitable share, but only be scoring twenty twenty five goals?
1: Um. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. But Scott, you're only a hamstring away from losing all those goals, aren't you?
2: Had a Che
0: Adams so upon his own.
1: Poor che Adams, you seem to be having a huge amount of very hard shots at very close range, but finding goalkeepers with sort of go-go gadget arms and legs.
2: She have scored multiple goals against um, Tottenham. Yeah, at the weekend. Yeah. Um, uh, because of the, I think that th- this podcast is is um, renownedly anti-Burnley, and that's not something that I'm going to going to move against anytime <laughs> soon. Fans, um, um, not sorry. Um, I actually think that uh, Southampton were the better team against Tottenham in the first half, um, and can be quite spirited with some of their displays. Yes, their their high line was caught out multiple times about against against Tottenham, but I think that there is there is something to be said for that being the way they play, and I don't see that threat coming from a Burnley team anytime soon.
1: No, they played a game, uh, well against Palace the other week and I don't think a high line is going to be a problem when playing against Chris Wood. He's not going to outpace you, is he?
0: No. <laughs> no. There's only one way to play football with Chris Wood in your side and like other you two know about that anyway.
1: Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Chris Wood throwing defenders to the ground while taking shots, if you saw him against uh, Leicester at the weekend. That was fantastic, that was. Justin James, or James Justin, I can't remember which way around it goes, but um, yeah, sort of manhandled him to the ground while taking his shot and scoring. Uh, Sunday, 12 o'clock on BT Sport at noon, it's Sheffield United versus Leeds in the Vinnie Jones derby. Um, This is the first Yorkshire Premier League derby since May 2001 when Leeds beat Bradford 6-1. That's a hell of a long time, isn't it?
0: Yeah, they would have probably been the only Yorkshire side in the Premier League for a while, wouldn't they? Yeah. Huddersfield?
1: Uh, well, Sheffield United came back briefly as well, didn't yeah. they? So, yes.
0: the so Leeds. So, they haven't been together for a while, haven't they? What Leeds, Bradford, the two Sheffield clubs, Huddersfield... Do you count Hull in that, or is that just more as that's Humberside, isn't it?
1: Hull is well, I think they got rid of Humberside, I think that's part of the Yorkshire East riding I think that's now. Technically
2: isn't Technically, part of Yorkshire, right? Uh, so yeah, I think that arguably there have, probably have been some Yorkshire
1: derbies, unless they sort of got relegated the season. Huddersfield came up, I'm not sure. Uh, Who knows? Um, I mean, more of a sort of
0: sorry, Scott went down in 04, so
1: yeah, uh, probably more of a relevant statistic is Sheffield United, um, have or oh, Sheffield United averaged nine shots a game uh, since August last year. That's the lowest in the Premier League. So they need to be precise with their shooting, uh, which doesn't help when you got David McGoldrick up front. Although it might help when you got Billy Sharp
0: up front.
2: <laughs> Couldn't possibly
0: say, Chris. Couldn't possibly <laughs> say. But on down how Leeds to they have conceded seven goals in the last two league games. Yeah. Well, they've yes,
2: scored I mean, seven as well. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Bielsa Ball working his magic. It's exciting. How many Do you think th- if
2: they
1: win 4-3 one week and lose 4-3 the next, they'll be safe? They would, get, well, they would end up with like 54 points or something, wouldn't they? So, yeah, they well, would. That'd so be
2: 15 points, uh, 15, win. so so no, 15 wins. So 19 wins and
1: 19 losses, wouldn't it? Yeah. So 19 times three is 58. Is it? Eight. So, yeah, they'd
2: five, so. yeah. yeah, they'd be fine. Yeah. They'd, they'd also set a record for goals conceded. <laughs> Oh, Scott! You'd, you'd
0: lose your record,
2: <laughs> but if, you don't
0: want that. It's, Fulham, it's Fulham's record in a twenty league, twenty team season. Um, this is this is difficult to call. This one, isn't it?
2: Uh, I'm not sure it is. I, the way they're playing at the moment, I said I would save off that the small sample size of formula of it. This is a Leeds win.
0: Okay, I'm just hoping, I'm just hoping Leeds click cleach.
2: No. And the
1: uh, nobody gets their cocks
0: out. No, no cock robbing, cock blocking for a set reasons.
2: Yeah. I mean, he, <laughs> it, there is a chance. It, has has a player ever conceded three penalties in three games?
1: <laughs> hey, Martin Pleyma missed three penalties, so maybe we yeah. sort of. Who was the coach in that game? That was Bielsa, wasn't it? it was Bielsa. Yeah, it was. Um, OK, so Spurs versus Newcastle, two o'clock on Sky and the Royal Fox derby. Both teams won one, lost one. Um, Newcastle have uh, won four at their last six in Spurs. It's their most successful away ground, to be honest, with Newcastle. So they won it's, uh, last
0: season, didn't they? They won, they won, what, sorry? They won one nil, uh, their last season.
2: I think they did, didn't they? Yes, they did. Uh so losing, despite... losing to newcastle just feels like the most spurs thing to do in the history of like they did it on the last day of the season didn't they went to not for, yeah. qualify for the champions league yes and, like, losing to newcastle is very on brand for spurs
0: especially hard. after winning scoring five goals the week before yeah 5-1 wasn't it that game Come yes on. And newcastle had 10 men newcastle beat Morecambe. was it seven nil in the cup so they're probably as high and happy Joe scored twice, so I wonder if uh, Steve Bruce is thinking of putting him in.
1: God, I'm going to say I'm going to say Newcastle are going to win this. No,
0: Sorry,
2: Spurs Dave. will Spurs will win this. We're all. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what else? Man on the post correctly correctly <laughs> predicts.
1: <laughs> We're bound to get one right. Uh, okay, so for half past four on Sky on Sunday afternoon is Leicester versus Man- or Manchester City versus Leicester in the Teato Derby. Uh, Leicester have won their first uh, two of the season but have lost their last four at the Etihad. I think the last time they won there was when their title winning season, which right. I seem to remember when there were three nil up. Jamie Vardy fell over and sort of gave the sort of three nil sign to the city fans behind the goal and ran off cackling to himself. Um,
0: simpler, yeah. times. simpler times back
1: then. Yeah, they were simpler times. Um, in their last six Premier League games, Manchester City been win- have won by at least. Sorry, in the last six Premier League games, Manchester City have been winning by at least two goals at half-time. And we were saying earlier on in the pod against Wolves, they were only in sort of third or fourth gear. Um, can we see anything other than a Manchester City win here? Can Leicester spring a surprise? Bearing in they're on a pretty good run of form. No,
2: because I think Leicester have. Uh, I think your 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 pal Brandy piece has a um, inferiority complex when it comes to Pep Guardiola
0: you well, think? Also, of have, have lost one of their key players as Wilfred Ndidi's out for 12 weeks with a groin stroke. Oh, he was playing in defence, wasn't he? Been playing as, as a CB this season.
1: Yes. Who's injured there? Is it Soyan or
0: Evans? I can't remember. I think it's Evans, because Soyan yeah, Chu is playing.
2: So does that mean he's... Um... Well, he made Ra- that looks like he's made out of granite. I don't imagine that man's <laughs> ever had, yeah. that man's never had an injury in his life.
1: So it's Raheem Sterling versus 36-year-old Wes Morgan, is it? Yeah, there's only one winner there. (laughs) I think so. Uh, Okay, Um, on BT Sports, 7 o'clock on Sunday night is the Matt Jarvis derby. That's West Ham versus Wolves. Uh, West Ham, two Premier League losses so far and zero clean sheets in 11. Um, Wolves have won their last four versus West Ham, conceding zero goals. Um, This is going to be... I mean, where's Where's David Moyes going to be? First of all, he's, he's watching this on telly at home.
2: It could be in a zorb. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, Neil Warnock with COVID, he watched the game last week. He watched Middlesbrough's game on, on TV at home in Cornwall. Maybe David Moyes can go join him there. And oh
0: no, that breaking rules, wouldn't that? Well, no, not if they both got COVID. Okay.
2: Um. <laughs> Uh, let's see, I would say that Wolves will probably win this game, and I think the general consensus across the pod is probably that West Ham are trash as well. But, um, from having although I didn't watch the game, I, my understanding is they were pretty hard done by against Arsenal, and maybe deserved yeah. to get something from the at least something from the game, and were arguably perhaps even, even a win. So, um and an upset isn't maybe a massive shock.
1: Um, McLaren has got nine Premier League goals since June. That's the most of anybody.
0: But uh, nearly almost half of that was in one game against Norwich.
1: Yes, I suppose they were, weren't they? And unfortunately, um,
2: unfortunately,
0: Norwich aren't here to pad stats
1: <laughs> anymore. <laughs> uh, one of Gold Sullivan and um, one of Gold Sullivan and Brady was on the Jim White show on uh, shock. Talk Sport this week. Jim White and West Ham. Yeah, apparently Jim White is quite uh sort of um he's quite close with Gold Sullivan Brady, isn't he? I can't remember who it was. It was one of the two men that were on the his it, show it, and he Sullivan.
0: was I think I've seen it on social media where he said that is it something to do with <laughs> signing players.
1: Yeah, I mean basically the sort of line of questioning or the sort of challenging questions he was facing were things like David, what's your favourite colour? Um, you know. It was that sort of interview by Jim White.
2: <laughs> yeah. sport. How, yeah. Do do you like that? How does that feel?
1: Yeah. Tell us, David, how is it to be such an amazing chairman of West Ham Football Club? Those sorts of questions. Pat um, me on the head when you're going to finish. <laughs> exactly. Right. Monday night it is, uh quarter to six. Adam, you've got to get home from work early to watch the Fulham versus Villa, Ross McCormack derby. Wow.
2: Um, <laughs> I will be set, I'll step out now to rush home for that one.
1: Uh, we'll be the Ross McCormack derby if he can figure out how to climb over the gates, of course. Um, he's joined Older Shot Town yeah. or something, hasn't he? Yeah, he's gone in non-league. I'd rather watch um, Shot Town. Oh, would you? That's just down the road for you, isn't it? Uh, Fulham lost their first two of the season, um, but they have beaten Villa in six of their last eight meetings. Um, a bit of the Danny is here. Since Alexander Mitrovic joined Fulham in February 2018, he scored 51 of Fulham's 131 goals. The next closest is Tom Kearney on 13. Uh, again, is that a healthy statistic if you're a Fulham fan?
0: He's paid what to do, what well, he's got to do, is not yeah
2: Yeah. It's it's a it's one of those ones right where that's great, like you said, until the the tw- the twang of a hamstring or something like that. But mm. at the end of the day, we 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 have this debate when Harry Kane gets injured, right? That uh, that you can't have uh, the not very many clubs have elite backups on their bench to go go ahead and step in for Harry Kane when when he inevitably gets injured for Tottenham. Now, if you're a club at the bottom of the table, you're lucky to have one striker who can score goals like that, let alone a backup who can do it as well. Um, I think you just have to ride the wave until it runs out.
1: Yeah, okay.
2: And hope- uh, if- You need to hope that you've got a manager who is tactically astute enough that maybe when that does run out, can then organise the team in a manner that you can have goals come from other positions because... There's something to be said for a team that at the moment might play for Mitrovic, and when Mitrovic isn't there, can they adapt? Yeah, okay. Uh,
1: and finally, Monday night, hopefully back in time for this, because it's an 8 o'clock kick-off. It's Liverpool versus Arsenal in the it's
0: up for grabs now, Derby. Um moved to kick-off, because it was supposed to be eight fifteen, and with the new rules coming into fruition, you missed the last 10 minutes when you are watching this down the pub.
1: Yes, uh, I mean, pity any landlord who's got to throw somebody out at five minutes to go plus injury time. Um, Both teams have won their first two games. Um, Liverpool have won their last four at home against Arsenal, but of course, after Liverpool won the title uh, a few months ago, they did lose at the Emirates, didn't they? Um, They're unbeaten at home in 60 Premier League games, though, at the Coliseum, going back to April 2017. Uh... Can anybody see anything other than a Liverpool win? I mean, this I think this is going to be quite tough, you know, because Arsenal seem to have started pretty well and they seem to know what they're doing, the players, don't they? They seem to be coached very well by Arteta and where obviously she's got this?
2: Arsenal, Arsenal appear to be on some sort of PR blitz at the moment where winning a couple of games after lockdown and winning an FA Cup seems to have all of a sudden turned them into this team that can, can do no wrong. Mm. Um I think that there are are a lot of green shoots showing now under Arteta that maybe took a little bit longer to appear than would have, um, than than would have been expected uh, because Arteta's been there a, not a, a little while now, right? Like hmm. it, it was around about the same time Ancelotti was appointed that, that this was made, so we're not talking about him just his being a completely newbie, but. I still think that there's. I, I still think that there are going to be periods where Arsenal are going to Arsenal on us, and it's going to take a, a, a much bigger sample size of Arsenal playing like this for me to believe that that won't be the case.
0: So against better opposition than Fulham and West Ham, I think they'll
2: put. A, I think they'll put a display on against Liverpool. I think that this will be a very good game. I think it'll be close. I wouldn't be surprised if Arsenal got some sort of result. I don't think it's a foregone conclusion of a victory for Liverpool. However, if you were asking me where I was going to put my money, it would probably be on a, a Liverpool victory if I was to bet on it. Close
0: 2 1. Um, Chris, can I ask you a question? I just see Diego Jota fitting in at Liverpool.
2: I've got no idea. I'd asked
1: you myself this week. <laughs> as,
2: a re- as a replacement for Sadio Mane. Yeah,
0: definitely. Um,
1: yeah, I've got a bit. I can't remember Diego Jota kicking a ball ever, so I've got no idea what sort of striker he is or is any good. Or I'm guessing he's good. Um, I've got a question for Scott. Is this too early for uh, Kulibali to make his debut for Liverpool this weekend? He's enough.
0: That's a
2: yes, yes, it is because even <laughs> if even even if that was going to happen and he was signed tomorrow, it'd already be too late because
0: yeah, um, yeah. the registration it's twelve o'clock
1: on the start. No, I know it's a, it's a strong rumor. I've seen really.
0: It's not a strong rumor. It's a rumor. I've right, I, read it,
1: I read it. in the Guardian.
0: <laughs> how much
2: are you willing to pay?
1: Uh, I don't know, but I think we seem to be in the market for sort of thirty-year-olds at the moment. So,
2: just about Diego Jota. Yeah. Yes. Um, do you remember at the beginning of the season, or I know a little bit. The beginning of the season, where Liverpool were being a little bit, where Klopp was being all high and mighty about the money that they weren't spending, and talking about how they couldn't possibly afford to pay forty-seven million pounds for Timo Werner. And then paid
0: forty-one
2: million pounds for
1: Diego Jota. Yeah, an odd yeah. one. It is particularly odd considering it's a six million pounds, isn't it, a huge leap of sort of faith to be able to get somebody. Else, particularly, what it's not Kobe Bryant. It that LeBron James is the um, shareholder as well. So we've got some pretty sort of powerful shareholders at Liverpool that
0: could have helped. Can I ask why you? Why is Liverpool wanting to splash the cash on a new defender when they can play Fabinho there and just play Thiago as a holding midfielder? Uh,
1: I'm asking that same question because um, the genuine perceived wisdom is Tiago's taking Fabinho's place and that's a nice little somewhere to keep Fabinho and keep him happy. Um, so it does seem a bit strange. Uh, but there we go. Right. Has anyone got any other business or stuff they want to mention for uh, the end of this pod? Nope. OK, right. Uh, we are Man of the Post. We're part of at Man of the Post uh, on Instagram. Instagram, Twitter, and you can find us on Facebook and give us a like on there too. Um, Simon, Chris, uh, Dave and Ross will be back at the weekend to review the games that we've been previewing. Um, Scott, if people want to follow you, how do they do that?
0: Scott, underscore
1: Scott a Adam, if they want to follow you, how do they do that? Adam, I say 101. Okay, uh, like I say, you can follow us at man on the post. Uh, you can subscribe to us on uh, Apple Podcasts, on Acast, on Spotify, on Stitcher, and all your um recordings or all your podcasts will fall automatically into your inbox. Gentlemen, thank you ever so much. Thank you. No worries. And always remember to keep your man on the post.